This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. The food industry is rife with new ideas every day. The creativity that different meats, cheeses, and more bring to dishes is endless. But sometimes there are those good old standards that we grew up on that we love. And our next guest, born in Maine... Well, that staple for them was lobster. Jim Salikas and Sabin Lomack are the owners of Cousins Maine Lobster. It was an idea that sprung out of a conversation between the two and now has led to a multi-million dollar business, as well as a new book chronicling their success titled Cousins Maine Lobster, How One Food Truck Became a Multi-Million Dollar Business. And it's great to have Jim and Sabin joining us on the show right now. Gentlemen, thank you for your time today. All right. Thank you for having us. Well, I I can say as somebody that has spent quite a bit of time traveling up to the state of Maine and enjoying lobster, any book about lobster is a welcome one. So thank you again for your time today. Oh, we're happy to be on. Thank you. So I I guess let's start with the idea of putting this company together in the first place. Jim, take us through how it all started. Yeah, sure. It's, uh, you know, it started in 2011, uh, really, when it, when it came about. Um, I actually flew to Los Angeles to uh, visit an ex-girlfriend. Um, but, you know, I couldn't say that to my parents, so I said, uh, well, I've got I've to have another excuse here. And uh, at the time, Sabin um, was living in L.A. doing real estate and trying to act. Um, so I said, well, why don't we reconnect, um, you know, and I'll, and I'll see him when I go out there. Um, and sure enough, I spent 95% of my trip um, with Dave. You know, our, our, our humors are the same. Our work ethic is the same. And we just had this really great bond that reminded of uh, reminded us of our childhood when we grew up together in these small towns in Maine. Um, every holiday was together, every weekend, all the pool parties in the summer. Um, so we really kind of got back to rekindling those, those younger days. Um, and specifically, it was one, one dinner on Sunset Boulevard. We were having sushi, and we had way too many uh, drinks. And, of course, that's when, you know, your best, your best ideas come about. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and while you usually wake up with a hangover, which we did the next day, we, we also kind of said, hey, well, um, was this real? Uh, is it something to kind of go down the road further? And ultimately, what we were talking about over drinks was we talked about our grandmothers and our grandfathers and our, our crazy cousins and those days back in Maine which surrounded about amongst family, um, loved ones, and all of that was joined with our our fare of choice, which was lobster, right? You've seen lobsters, the corn, um, you know, the potatoes, those lobster bakes, sure. and, of course, lobster rolls. Um, so that's really what we discussed, and it, just, it, it hit that point to us where, like, this is what, what we love to do, what we love to talk about, and what makes us happy. So... When we then said, okay, well, if we'd ever want to do something together, um, what would it look like? You know, what, what would we be maybe selling? How would we work together? Um, and so we kind of thought, well, why don't we bring this goodness and happiness, this family story, and this best product in the world that we grew up with that we didn't think many people were privy to or many pockets of the country, um, why don't we bring that best Maine lobster um, to those areas? And, you know, we really ultimately started in Los Angeles because there was a food truck uh, movement that was happening. Um, Saban had seen it, so we eventually decided on a truck. We said, we'll start with the one food truck, we'll send our main lobster cross-country, and we'll provide the people out here in L.A. 
the best product at an affordable price, and that was kind of how the gears started go- started uh, kind of getting together. Well, and Saban, the interesting thing about when you're talking about this type of product and, and this type of, of idea, most people, and I'm sure it's the case in L.A., and if you go to Arizona or pretty much any part of the country outside of New England, uh, the idea of having a lobster dinner uh, isn't necessarily the, the family get-together on Sunday. It is, you know, it's going to kind of the chain restaurant and you're getting that that lobster that you may not know whether or not is truly the freshest lobster that you can get. Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of our biggest concern. We didn't know if anyone out here even knew what a lobster roll was, if anyone wanted it. <laughs> yeah. You know, would, would you want lobster, main lobster from a truck? So you're hitting it spot on. That was our, our biggest uh, trepidation. We were doing projections on maybe selling like 30 or 40 a day and hopefully breaking even because we were nervous. Does anyone know about this other than you know us? And when you're from Maine, you don't really think anyone knows about Maine. So then how did you really get this this rolling? I mean, obviously, as Jim mentioned, uh, you were kind of at the at the forefront uh, really seeing this this food truck movement really start to get going in the Los Angeles area. Yeah, we, we tossed around the idea of a, maybe a restaurant, maybe a food truck, obviously looked into both. And restaurant startups are so expensive, there's so much risk. So I just started going to different food truck events, seeing the lines, talking to the people and saying, you know, how many tickets do you do a day? And they're very transparent in telling me the, and the business was booming in L.A. at that time. So you know, once we decided on that, we just kind of thought about the logistics of how would we send it. Uh, we had no intentions of leaving our jobs. We had no intentions of it being anything more than one truck and more of a side business, more of a passion project, which I think in hindsight is why, you know, we didn't skimp or cut any corners. We really wanted to put out the best product and kind of just have a have a creative thing to do together. And I think looking back, that was our best decision um, in, in creating the business. And, and Jim, the, the interesting thing about the, the food truck industry right now is that realistically, there aren't a whole lot of constraints on taking a food truck to someplace. I mean, we see them here in Philadelphia near the train station. Uh, you see them uh, you know, on campuses of universities. You see it in a variety of locations, obviously big events, concerts, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, It's really the want of the people who own the truck to take the truck to all of these uh, locations is really the only thing that hinders you. Yeah, it's really, uh, you know, it's a phenomenal business in that sense. If you have uh, incredible owners or, uh, and people operating the truck that are motivated to have a phenomenal product, um, then the beauty of the truck is that you can, as you say, go to the market. Find people. If we find people, we will generally do you know very well, whether it's a concert or a weekend event, uh, whether that's you know a lunch at an office uh, or a dinner throughout the city. Um, there are some geographical areas, some cities that are more or less food truck friendly. But for the most part, um, this isn't a fad anymore. It's kind of taken over the country, you know. It's really a growing um, industry um, where the people and the customers certainly say they want it. Um, They want this gourmet food that's relatively quick and available to them in a lot of areas. So it's been a really good business um, for a lot of people and and certainly a growing industry. So there aren't many barriers to entry anymore. But in those cities where it is, where it hasn't yet fully developed, it's certainly on its way. Sabin, uh, one of the things, one of the breaks that you guys got uh, was obviously an appearance that you had on Shark Tank uh, and, and teaming up with uh, Barbara Corcoran, who's one of the, the sharks on that show. And 
beyond that experience, I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there really they they put in so much in the idea but they do at times they need to have that that other person maybe not necessarily that is in the development of the idea but that money person that has a belief that this is something that can that can really work and i guess barbara was that for you guys absolutely and barbara you know barbara is a mentor to us it's exactly what you see on shark tank and she's provided us tons of great opportunities tons of great ideas but if you're if you're not fortunate enough to go on Shark Tank, which a lot yeah. of people aren't, you still have those people in your corner. Uh, we rely just as much on uh, Jimmy's dad, Steve, as we do for Barbara. He's a he's an accountant, and he taught us finances. We didn't know anything about finances. Well, we talked to Jimmy's sister, Annie, because she knows the Maine lobster industry. She's worked in it for you know over 10 years. We've talked to my other cousin about restaurant openings. So if you have those people in your corner, you need to rely on them. And one of the big things that we do is we ask a lot of questions. I think it's important for young entrepreneurs to not feel intimidated or stupid just to ask questions. Because sometimes our, our, our gut is to not ask. We don't want to feel a little embarrassed. Jimmy and I are very transparent in saying, we don't know things. We want to find out. We want to learn. And, and Barbara taught us that because quite often she'd say, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. Tell me what that is. And you kind of go, wait, Barbara Corcoran doesn't know this? But if she's asking questions, <laughs> right. then that means we should be asking questions. So then, so then Sabin, you mentioned a second ago about the idea of whether or not you wanted to take this beyond one truck. Obviously, you have. Uh, what was that, that moment, that decision point saying, hey, you know what? We actually can take this and expand it. It was six months into business. We were cranking. You know, we were doing about ninety thousand a month in sales out of one truck. Wow. Jim still lived in Boston. Um, he worked for a medical device company. I sold real estate here. We had both of our jobs. We knew we had to expand because, quite frankly, we couldn't keep up with keep up with the demand. And Shark Tank had just aired. The lines were longer than ever, and we needed another truck. And it's hard, obviously, to run a business. And more importantly, we just knew that this was our, our opportunity to go all in. And we ha we couldn't say, you know, what if and, and kind of play it safe. So we left great jobs, great careers. We were making great money to continue this food truck dream, which was very, very scary. So about six months in, we went all in. Jim moved out here. Uh, you know, I finally got off of my couch, thank God. And, uh, yeah, we he got his own place. So, Jim, what was it like for you making that move and then also the process of getting that, that, that second truck rolling? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's a, a country truck uh, for a guy who spent the majority of his life in Maine and in Boston. And as Saban said, you know, it was a little bit different for me in that I did move 3,000 miles from uh, what I knew and my family, my friends, and my, and my job um, to end up here in L.A. But the thrilling part, uh, or and also daunting part, was that you know, hey, um, the the solid paycheck and um, knowing what comes day to day with the previous job was no longer there. Um, it was it was exciting that we were starting our own kind of endeavor together. You cut the cord and you and you and you plunge, you know, uh, you take the plunge and you go all in. Um, and for us, that created a little, uh, you know, it was it was uncomfortable uh, as it should be as you're trying to start a business. It can't be you know, roses and, and uh, you know, sunshine every day. Right. Um, so for, for us, it was just that. And we say that to a lot of entrepreneurs, too. Like, people come up to us at the truck and they say, hey, I was going to do this, or I had this idea, or, you know, I am going to do this. But the biggest difference between them and us is that they didn't, and we did. 
Um, so at some point, you need to take that leap and that and that jump because then when you are in that space, you know, that uncomfortable zone, you're pretty sure uh, that you got to make this work. And I know that Saber and I wouldn't let it fail for each other uh, for the sake of our staff and, and clearly for the sake that we had just gone all in on this. Um, and so that transition to the second truck was saying, hey, well, we mastered the first one. Um, you know, we need to continue to perfect it and find it. And then we've got to replicate it, and we'll do the second truck. So there were obviously more learning curves. It's not just as easy as going to, you know, rinse and repeat, because then you need to hire more staff, and you have, um, you know, more, you know, processes that you need, because we couldn't be at the one, at two trucks at once. Right. Um, so that was a reality to us. And then as we grew to the third truck and the fourth truck, started to show us the potential to really scale the business, um, which we ended up doing via the franchise model. But yeah. It showed you that opportunity, um, and it also said, okay, well, um, now we see the um, fruits of our labor for taking that leap six months in. So what is the experience like a, 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 as being a company that has franchises in a lot of cities? How many cities do you guys have it? And also, what is the delivery process, Saban, uh, of, of getting the lobster to all these franchisees uh, on a daily or weekly basis? Yeah, we are, we are in 16 cities. Uh, we have 32 different food truck locations. Um, soon to have eight restaurant locations, wow. and we, uh, we're, we're growing uh, continually. Right now we're in the process of really fine-tuning and opening um, uh, the franchise model of the restaurant. So it's, it's awesome. It was a great way, of, great way for us to scale and work with fantastic people. And the logistics of getting um, the lobster to everyone, including the bread and the soups and everything, is, is challenging, especially challenging during the winter um, when it's snowing in Maine, and uh, you're looking at the forecast, but um, you know we've we've got it down. Uh, we're very very proud of what we serve, specifically the fact that we can identify the ports where our lobster is caught. Uh, we know the fishermen. Uh, we serve the entire body of the lobster, claw, knuckle, and tail meat. It's all exclusively Maine lobster. Uh, and it's those it's the rolls itself. I know you can appreciate uh, from knowing your your time up in Maine, those country kitchen, oh yeah, uh, New England style kind of hot dog rolls that you grill on the outside and get nice and buttery and the outside soft. We bring the rolls so people when they first uh, come, you know, they, they're happy about the lobster, but they go, let me see the bread, let me make sure you have the right bread, and it's uh, it's really exciting. Well, that and it has to be the top sliced. The top there cut you roll. Know. You know, if you don't you have know. the top cut roll, it's yeah. it's it's like a cheesesteak here in Philadelphia. If you don't have the ab- <laughs> absolute best roll, then you're just not giving the best to the customer. Well, it's funny you say that because we make that <laughs> analogy a lot with people. Or because the cheesesteak's my favorite sandwich, and I, I mean I absolutely love it. But we oftentimes talk about that, and we say, listen, you know, Philly's known for the cheesesteaks, Maine for known for the lobster, but you can't fake the uh, replicating doing this people know you know if if someone came to a philly cheesesteak place here in la and it said philly 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 and they walked in they'd come with a little chip on their shoulder if they're from philly and people do that when they come to our business if they've never had it and they say listen you know i'm from maine or i'm from new hampshire from massachusetts this better be the real deal and and it's nothing better than them sinking their teeth in and, and, and validating everything. Well, let me ask you, Jim, because it, Saban mentioned the, the addition of the restaurants, and he also mentioned you know how much of a challenge that can be. What was that point like in this process of saying, okay, we've got the food trucks starting to roll. Do we, do we really look at having an actual restaurant? Yeah, it was, um, 
you know, we're guys that like to take uh, take risks with, with obviously some method and strategy behind it. Um, but we also like to look towards the future. Um, and so I think, you know, we opened our restaurant just about three years ago. Um, we opened it with in mind, as we did with the food truck, to be able to scale that as well. And at the time, we didn't know if it would be corporate or franchise, but we wanted to have the model we wanted to start. Um, so we did that three years ago, and then it was literally just about a little more than a year ago that we started franchising the restaurant itself. And the reason for that is because, you know, after Shark Tank, after some media and exposure and, and as the name got out there, you know, we'd have thousands of requests for the food truck franchise. And much as you said, there are cities that food trucks do phenomenally well in because of the, the climate, um, the seasonality, or, you know, that they're really food truck friendly. Um, and there are other parts of the country that uh, are, are more suitable for restaurants, whether that be the owner operator has experience and it's a current franchisee of other brands where they have a lot of restaurants and that's their expertise, or whether, um, you know, the, the physical, you know, snows in the winter and therefore they want to have some place where people come into now when it's cold outside, or whether it's just more of a restaurant industry type of city. That's why we added that model, because um, there were certainly places that, had that demand. There were people asking and saying, hey, I want to do what you guys are doing in Los Angeles with this right. kind of creating this Maine experience, allowing a person to step into Maine, as we kind of say, um, and, and really feel like, yes, in Los Angeles, you're here um, physically, but you're getting your Maine lost and getting that feel as if you were back home in Maine at the Lobster Shack. So that's kind of why we took that, took that on and added it to our system, which has worked very well because a lot of our franchisees that own trucks are now adding the restaurant. So... Um, so yeah. Sabin, Sabin, the idea now to to do the book and, and to kind of uh, take people through uh, what you guys have experienced. It seems like obviously when you when you have a level of success that that kind of you know trying to relay uh, how you did this and and in the manner that you did it is kind of a natural piece to the pattern, correct? I think so. I mean, we didn't we didn't go out looking um, to to write a book. It wasn't on our bucket list. It it organically came our way. Um, so we we thought it, we were humbled and we jumped on the opportunity. We thought it was awesome. Right. But I just think the the benefit to a different a book like ours as opposed to some other big entrepreneurial books, depending on who the author is, is I think it's really nice for budding entrepreneurs because they can relate to us. Uh, we're we're still very much in the trenches every single day. We're still involved. We still are trying to figure it out just like them. And so a lot of times when people see us at the trucks or the restaurants, the first thing they'll do is, oh, you know, how's Barbara? What's she like to work with? Because, you know, she's a celebrity and it's it's fun and they love Shark Tank. But the next question or comment they say is like, how are you guys doing? Man, this is awesome. I'm so happy for you. And it seems like, um, you know, we're more relatable, I think. And so if you're reading the book, for us, we're just kind of sharing nuggets. They're sometimes obvious nuggets that people should just be reminded of. And hopefully it will help people be fearless. If you have a great idea, get out there and do it. Don't wait. Because, you know, on the exterior, if I told you I was opening a food truck selling lobster, yeah, um, you, you know, it, it sounds like a decent idea. It doesn't sound spectacular. It's not like we reinvented something really amazing. But it is. Um, it, but, we, but it is interesting that that in terms of the food trucks that you guys have, you do even have one in Portland, right in you know, Portland, Maine, right in the backyard. And I, I'd be interested to quickly know. We got a couple minutes left. What what was the decision process in terms of Portland of doing the food truck or doing a restaurant? Because Portland. I've been there numerous times, has a great kind of restaurant vibe to it, whether it be down on Commercial Street or 
you know, other portions of the old port in that town. Yeah, the, the decision in that one was was that it's such a seasonal town, and okay. that those restaurants really, really, obviously do well in the summer, and you know, it's more difficult in the winter. We wanted to, I think, just we wanted to have something as staple at home, something we right. could be proud of, and there was tons of demand. We have a huge following and a huge support system at home, so we would constantly put a post out, and someone would say, "When are you coming home? When are you opening at home?" And then we also knew that there's a lot of tourists that come to Maine. These are the same tourists that um, support us on social media, that write in and say, hey, come to North Dakota, come to South Carolina. And if we can't get there yet, uh, when they get off of a ferry or the plane and they go down on Commercial Street or they go to Fort Williams, hopefully they can find us. Jim, what's next for you guys? Well, you know what? We're having a great time doing what we're doing, and I think that we just like to, uh, you know, we're going to continue to kind of challenge ourselves and our systems, but the, the next uh, kind of push really is um, book number two, three, and four. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, it's, uh, <laughs> um, we're, we're having fun a vacation, with what we're doing. A vacation, we're, Jim, please. <laughs> yeah. We're, no, we're, we're growing, and we're going to continue to grow with, with restaurants and trucks. I think that the restaurants have a, a lot of upside right now because there's there's so many untapped places and a lot of demand for it. Um, and the food trucks will continue with uh, markets that are still out there that are that are real great opportunities. Um, and then maybe a vacation at some point. But uh, we're having a blast and uh, continue to challenge ourselves here. Saban, how often do you guys get back to Maine? Uh, we get back a lot, almost probably every other month. Jim goes more because his parents are there. Yeah. Um, and I think he just likes to take more vacations than I do. But that's when you're <laughs> over there. Um, well, I, but, and uh, I ask we that. Go, we go a lot. And I ask that because I, my kids go to a camp up there, and, and during the summer, I'm going to be swinging through Portland, so I want to see if I can hook up with you guys, and we'll have a, we'll have a lobster roll together. Please do. Absolutely. And a couple beers. You got it. Absolutely. And, and there's plenty of, uh, of good stuff like that up there as well. Hey, guys, congratulations on the success and on the book, and uh, all the best, and we'll stay in touch. Thank you very much. Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.